Hello, this is Lonesome Roads behind the wheel and behind the microphone, too. And I'm uh, podcasting from the uh, studios on 4th Street in Council Bluffs. And I'm here to talk about cars, kind of a car talk podcast, if you will. And uh, one of the cars, or I should say the car that I'm most associated with, is my 1958 Edsel Bermuda Wagon. Uh, And my association with the car actually starts uh, during the Revolutionary War. Uh, I had a great, 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 or however many greats, uh, grandfather named Herman Snyder, that's my real name, um, come over from, uh, he was a Hessian that was hired by the British to fight against Americans during the Revolutionary War, and that was in New York. Then at some point after the war, he made his way to Kentucky and then moved up to Nashville, Indiana, uh, which is in the southern part of Indiana. And then along comes uh, his son, William Snyder. Then we have Jacob Snyder, and then my grandfather, Cortland Snyder. Now, uh, when Cortland was born, uh, he was a sharecropper, and they moved up to Tippecanoe County, Indiana, which is basically outside of uh, West Lafayette, and that's where he had a farm, and uh, that's when my dad was born, which was right around uh, the time of the First World War and a couple years after the Titanic. So he was born during an era where... There was uh, basically horseless carriages at that point, uh, and but other than that, it was everything was horse drawn, uh, and so my dad would take care of the horses in the barns uh, for the farm, and you know have them pull the plows around and that sort of thing, and but that was about the time when he was born is when the Model T came on. And the Model T was, of course, spreading rapidly across the country. And uh, my grandpa would buy a Model T, a cheap one, used, and and my dad would have to fix it up. Uh, and he'd buy several other other old cars. And my dad simply became a mechanic at that point. Um, and so after several years of that, here comes World War II. And... Uh, my dad wanted to enlist uh, and went in to enlist, but uh, there was an incident that happened before he enlisted with his sister. They were tobogganing, and they slid down a hill, and there was a bunch of melted ice, a puddle of melted ice, and he punctured his eardrum on the crash. So he was classified as 4F, wasn't able to get into the military. Well, he wanted to somehow served the country and he noticed an ad in the paper for Allison aircraft engines in Indianapolis. They were hiring machinists. So he went to the library that weekend and uh, read about how to become a machinist. And the next week he went in and got a job as a machinist at Allison aircraft engines. Then after the war, of course, there's this huge manufacturing expansion after the war. And there were a lot of um, 
steel mills and foundries and manufacturing around the southern tip of Lake Michigan, like near Gary, Indiana, East Chicago, Hammond, Indiana, all these manufacturers. And so he thought, well, I'll go, I'll live up in Michigan City, which is nearby, and get a job at one of those. Well, these were mostly contract jobs, so he wasn't at one or the other for very long, but there were still plenty of jobs. Um, and during that process, he met up with a friend of his named Fred Schneider, and that's not Snyder like me, it's Schneider. And so he and Fred would follow each other around to the different jobs uh, together, and then they found out about a job in Scotts Bluff, or actually Gehring, which is just south, at Lockwood Corporation. And Lockwood was a manufacturer of uh, potato harvesters, beet harvesters, and their big thing now was uh, center pivot irrigation sprinkler systems that they were selling to Saudi Arabia to basically irrigate the desert. And they were manufacturing a ton of these things, and Scotts Bluff became a boom town. And so my dad was there for about a year, um, and he would uh, come back. The rest of the family was still in Indiana. He would come back on the weekends on the train, or oftentimes he would buy a car from out there and drive it and then take the train back. We had maybe, I don't know, six or eight cars uh, that he had brought back. I remember a 60 Falcon that my sister drove, a uh, 60 Dodge Seneca wagon. Um, I mean, he, he thought these were incredible deals because it's not in the peak of the the crux of the rust belt the buckle of the rust belt like uh, indiana was they don't use salt on their roads out in scotts bluff um so all these great old cars were in great shape and he bought a 60 falcon um and the big thing was a 1959 lincoln mark IV. i should say continental mark IV. they were not lincoln that year and that's still in the family my uh nephew owns it down in south carolina and he's restoring it and I'll put him on a podcast here before too long. Um, so anyway, he was traveling back and forth on one weekend a month and couldn't find any housing after that first year. So he decided, well, he better come back and get a job. He ended up at the Laporte Slicing Machine Company, which then became Burkle. Um, because my sisters were still home. Uh, so can't find housing for five, then forget about it. Um, but then a couple years later, and this was after my sisters moved out, well, let me back up. We uh, were going on vacation while we're still in Indiana and uh, going out to see my mom's twin sister who lives in Van Nuys, and he's going to stop at Fred Schneider's on the way there to visit him in Scotts Bluff. So we had a, he had a brand new 1968 uh uh, Fairlane 500, or no, uh, Galaxy 500 with a 302. That was a, uh, that was a new engine for them that year. And so we get up at three o'clock in the morning. This is in 1968, three o'clock in the morning and drive from basically east of Chicago, all across Illinois, Iowa, and all across Nebraska. Scott's Bluff is in the panhandle. Um, and we got there before uh, dark. 
And just as we're pulling around the intersection of Highway, uh, Highway 26 and 20th Street, uh, there's an appliance dealer called Ed Bruce, and in his parking lot was this 1958 Edsel wagon. And I had known about Edsels. I thought they were cool, but I had never seen a wagon, uh, especially, you know, the ones with the wood paneling on the side or the fake wood paneling on the side. And I thought, that is cool. Okay, now we fast forward to 1972, and my dad gets a call from Fred, who was still at Lockwood, and Fred said, hey, I'm president of the company now. Do you want a job? And he said, sure, but let me ask Jimmy, that's my real first name, if he wants to go to Nebraska. And because my sisters had moved out by then. And I thought, well, it'll be an adventure. And it sure has been. Um, so we moved out to Scotts Bluff. Um, and he became quality assurance manager at Lockwood Corporation. Um, and in the process, again, this is, what, four years later, uh, we pull around the corner at uh, 26th and 20th Street, and there's the Edsel still sitting in the same place. And then another year goes by, and he sees an ad in the newspaper for this Edsel for sale. So he goes and buys it for me for my high school graduation present. And I've owned it ever since. Uh, and I, every single time we take out that car, it's an adventure. It's so much fun. And I'd like to get it back on the road again, but that's another story. Um, so anyway, that's, uh, the first podcast for, uh, behind the wheel. Um, I should have another one coming up here shortly uh, that will, uh, I'll interview a man by the name of Corb Warner, who is uh, president of Cyber Launch and owner, and he's also a a screenwriter and a stand-up comedian, and we're going to talk about uh, the Edsel. He's uh, written, or excuse me, he's wrote, read, (laughs) read two of the uh, Edsel books that have the history of the Edsel, and it's just fascinating. I think it should be made into a movie. Anyway, that'll be the next podcast. In the meantime, uh, thank you so much for listening, Uh, and this is Lonesome Roads Behind the Wheel.